Welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa. Sponsored by Carnation. Airing live on United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. This show's opening has been produced, edited, narrated by Gwen Luckett at gluckett.com. And welcome to Monday night segment of Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa, and Phil Syracusa. We are broadcasting live from the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. We have to do a few things in order to participate in chat. Go to YouTube Paranormal Radio. You can go to all the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, Twitch, SoundCloud, Podbeam, and you can go to our group, Horsefly Chronicles Radio. And if you have any questions for our guests, please ask. Tonight, guys, we're a little late. I apologize for that. Um, please welcome to the show John Curley. He is a paranormal investigator and the founder of the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society. They were contacted by TAP's family and have been a part of that organization for quite some time. They were asked to do the Haunted series on Animal Planet, episode The Bloody Mary. They have been in documentaries and showcased on Ghost Nation and in magazines, countless broadcasts, and they have done many, many residential cases. So. Please welcome him to the show. Welcome. <laughs> thanks, Julie and Phil. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Sorry about that. I thank God for our um, producer, Michelle. She handled that really fast. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but it was my fault. As usual, it's always my fault. So I'll take <laughs> the heat on that one. So, John, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, take us to the beginning of your story. Um, your paranormal beginning kind of like started, I think, at um, at 15. Um, you saw a UFO in Baltimore. Um, yep. I how was this experience from you, and what made it guide you to research the paranormal? Um, it was a pretty amazing event for me. Uh, I was 15 years old. I was just walking down a city street in Baltimore and uh, seeing a, a light, like this bright uh, blue incandescent light above a tree, right? A couple thousand feet above a tree. <clears throat> it was kind of pulsing in and out, this blue, really brilliant blue light. And uh, I think it might have been moving uh, at one point. I kind of caught it as a stop. I just never took my eyes off of it, and I'm glad I didn't because if I would have looked away and looked back, it would have been gone. But 
as I'm looking at it, uh, I was walking with my cousin and uh, I reached over to him, but I never took my eyes off of it. And I was like, hey, hey, look at that. When I pointed at it, it got real bright and then just and it took off. It was like out of sight in less than a second. It was went thousands of miles and like less than a second didn't see it anymore. And uh, if I would have just looked away and looked back, I would it would have just been gone. I would have never seen the takeoff, which was uh, the, the takeoff was unbelievable. Um, no conventional aircraft we had could withstand any kind of G-force like that. It would be like liquid. It, it took off so fast. Um, and, and from that point on, I was like, you know, aliens are real. UFOs are real. There's this paranormal stuff out out here that we don't understand, you know, and uh, it kind of guided me into the paranormal field. I started reading books on UFOs and uh, started getting into like Bigfoot because back then, uh, you know, the Patterson Gimlin video was out of Bigfoot and uh, it, it just was really fascinating. The whole, the whole thing kind of connects to paranormal wise. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like, wasn't really thinking about ghosts or anything uh, at first, just reading on UFOs and, and Bigfoots and like Loch Ness Monster, things like that. Um, radio shows, you know, TV shows back then, there wasn't a whole lot about, you know, paranormal things. So you had like in search of uh, that's incredible, uh, things like that. You know, those shows, you know, when the ghost shows came on, they were really cool to me and it really started piquing my interest into uh, paranormal things. So uh, it wasn't until started having kind of weird things uh you know there was weird things that happened at my grandfather's house and um later on you know we all kind of had this feeling that maybe the house was haunted and and as we got older it was uh elaborated to us that the house was haunted and uh you know my grandmother they thought my grandmother haunted the house and mm-hmm. a couple family members had seen my grandmother in the home uh, i never seen her but you did get this really uneasy feeling like someone was watching you and uh, mm-hmm. from that point on i just started really getting into the paranormal and um watching movies like the entity the amityville horror things like mm-hmm. that and uh really started piquing my interest in, in the paranormal things and until i got into my 20s and i kind of lost my way with it until i moved out of baltimore and moved into pennsylvania and i moved close to gettysburg so uh gettysburg was kind of like the launching point for my paranormal kind of career you know not a career but this hobby that i do you know and uh investigating the the gettysburg battlefield you know going on the battlefield and experiencing paranormal things was uh never thought that i would experience things that i did and sure enough you know i started picking up voices on the battlefield Field on, on recording devices and gunfire, phantom cannon fire, uh, men screaming, yelling, you know, things like that on recordings. And there was nobody there. And I'm like, this stuff's real. Like, there's this phenomena that is out there that I really can't explain. Wow. If that's always the way it starts, though. I mean, something has to happen that really kind of like perks our interest. And then we just dive right into it full force. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, can you hear us? Yeah. Okay. I think it's interesting how he had that UFO sighting and it led him into the field of paranormal. I hear that story quite often. A lot of different people. And I believe there's a connection there between aliens and demons. How 
I don't know, but there's something there with that as well. Yeah. Is, I think so. I don't think the alien is a demon. I just, well, look, I mean, there's, there's so many different races of aliens, right? Yeah, allegedly. Um, I, I tell you one thing, it's uh, it's an interesting thing because a lot of uh, people, clients that I talk to, I kind of do this little survey with them, you know, and I ask them, you know, have you ever experienced a UFO event along with the paranormal things that are happening in their home? And probably 85 to 90% of them say they have. They've experienced yeah. some kind yeah. of UFO event. So some kind of correlation between ufo and paranormal things i think yeah without a doubt i definitely agree with that so in in 2006 you created your team haps and um then connected to taps family where where did this eventually take you uh, it was pretty cool you know we just uh you know i we created the uh, the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society in 2006. Me and the co-founder Don Frank. Uh, just on a, you know, we did. There wasn't a whole lot of paranormal groups out there, so uh, we just started like a paranormal meetup, and it, it create. You know, we kind of created the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society from that meetup, um, and we started. You know, I said, well, if we're going to do this, then let's build a website and try to generate people to the website to get cases and things like that. Cause we, we really wanted to get into the, the part of helping people try to understand the phenomena that really, really we didn't understand ourselves, you know, and we still don't. Um, but we were trying to at least try to get into validate claims of paranormal activity and give them an answer, you know, give them some kind of validation that you are experiencing this paranormal phenomena. You're not going crazy because a lot of people are thinking they're having psychological issues hearing voices in houses seeing things moving around uh footsteps things like that and sometimes it can only affect one per person in the house so yeah. you know they think they're having some kind of psychological issue and uh us coming in validating the claims of paranormal phenomena were, were important and uh, that's what we wanted to do so i designed a website and uh we started generating cases like right away uh and not long after that uh the taps family sent us an email saying hey you know we like the things you're doing we like your website would you uh be interested in joining the taps family and we're going to generate cases to you uh that come to us so you can get out there and start helping us with uh, some of our caseload because that's when taps really ghost hunters show came out and um cases were really like jumping off the off the charts and we got so busy that uh, every weekend we were doing maybe like two or three cases in a weekend. So we had to break up. It really got really hard to do all the evidence review from this case to that case. You know, it really got hard. And um, more people started to join. The other paranormal teams started joining the TAPS family. But uh, from that point on, it really got extremely busy from then until till now. You've been doing this for so, so many years. I really want, I want to ask this question. I really, I don't really ask it a lot. Being a paranormal investigator and, and doing the cases that you've done, um, does it affect your family life? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, you spend a lot of time 
I got to spend a lot of time in this room right here. It's just you're going over evidence uh, late at night, and then they get up early in the morning, go to work. So, yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of time just in this little room, these three or four walls here, you know, just going over review yeah. and, and things like that. But then you also got to worry about whether these things are going to follow you home. And, right. And, That's why I was going with that. Yeah. yeah. Experience phenomenon in your house, which I, I've had happen uh, quite a few times. It, it didn't last for the activity never lasts for a long period of time, but it does uh, happen from time to time. We get knocking on the doors or the walls or the windows or even our bedroom doors. Sometimes we get knocking on it and, you know, the one there. So yeah. it's in, in here, disembodied voices in here as, as well. I've heard them several times in the house saying my name. Um, I was actually talking to Phil one time and heard a woman say my name in this room. And uh, I was like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it was right before I was getting ready to talk to Phil, probably like 20 minutes before. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, that yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Do you have to, um, do you think like some, some of these cases you have to discuss with your family before you actually go work it? Because they, it, could be, it could be bad. They never want to hear about it, really. Yeah. <laughs> My wife doesn't want to hear about it. My daughter's <laughs> like... I don't, I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. So, so my daughter's in a way at college and stuff like that. So she doesn't really, she doesn't bother, bother with it at all. She gets freaked out sometimes. She's come in my bedroom a couple of times. like feeling like something was in a room when she was a teenager. She's like, there's something in the room, dad. So I had to go in there and sleep in there and she would sleep with my wife or something like that. But I never had anything happen. But I, sometimes in this room, my daughter's bedroom is above it. And sometimes I would hear these loud crashes and like something that fell over and no one would be home but me. And I would go up there and nothing had fallen over or, you know, it would sound like something big fell over and I'd go up there, the door would be shut. Nothing fell over. It, it's really weird. And there's no pipes that run through there. So do you think these things have followed you home on some cases or is it your house? No, I think definitely something followed me home. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Because I never had any activity here before you know, I moved here. So and I've lived here for 25 years. So I never had anything happen here until I started uh, investigating. And I've been investigating probably since I've started living here. So, yeah. Um, so let I want to talk about your res your residential cases. And we were talking about this before, and the question was, has there been um, a case that you've worked on that really left a mark on you and your team? And what do you have? And what do you do when you take on cases? Like, what what is like what 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 do, what do you do? Do you have do they have to go through any kind of process first? Yeah, there's been one case maybe two cases that I'm actively working on that I've been working on for years. Uh, one in 2011 in effort of PA and one in 2014 that uh, in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, um, the, the one in Newcastle, Pennsylvania is probably a little more, is a lot more severe than the one in effort. Um, it was involved, you know, we were contacted through these people, this family through uh, the Taps family and uh, it's about four and a half hour drive from from my place to Newcastle. 
And uh, we went up there in, I believe it was November of 2014. And uh, we did our first investigation. And, and, you know, we did the investigation and it was really quiet. Like we, we listened to all the claims of activity and uh, it was a lot. But when we did the investigation, it was really quiet. Like we didn't have any kind of personal experiences or anything like that. Uh, we didn't hear anything. We didn't see anything. Uh, it was really quiet for us the entire night. We did find a Ouija board in the home. And they did say that they all played with the Ouija board as a family, uh, like a game. Mm -hmm. So, oh. you know, you know, the reports were Ouija boards and, you know, portals and things like that. You know, um, I've messed with Ouija boards in the past just as an investigator to see if they work. I never had anything happen with them, but I think it's a particular individual that, mm -hmm. you know, these things are attracted to through the board itself because I never really had anything happen with them, but they did. Um, but you know, we didn't really notice anything out of the ordinary, the first case, but we did see the Ouija board. We looked at it. Uh, we brought it out. We didn't get on it, but we looked at it. We were discussing it and uh, little did we know we were catching things as we were talking about the, the Ouija board. We were talking about it and we're catching disembodied voices on the, uh, second floor. And uh, one of them said, uh, I'll kill his kids uh really clear disembodied voice we captured it on six different recording devices and on a camera that we had stationary and man's voice there was no one on the second floor it was only three investigators and we were all on the first floor and you know you just hear this really creepy man's voice like i'll kill his kids in in the, in the camera mm -hmm. so you know we never even knew we caught it until we went home and started reviewing the evidence and um Carl called me and said, hey, man, I caught a really disturbing kind of voice in the camera. And, you know, we we, we heard it. We're like, oh, wow, that's never heard a ghost say I was going to kill somebody or a spirit or whatever these things are. You know, um, it was a little disturbing. So we went back and uh, presented the evidence to them. And um, they were like, yeah, the husband, husband's a pretty big guy, probably 6'3". He was a bodybuilder at one time, so he was a big guy. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not worried about anything. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run my my me and my family out of here." Um, I was like, "You know, that's fine." I said, "You know, I'm just telling you what we caught. This is what we got. Um, it's kind of disturbing. Definitely want to keep an eye on your family. You know, if you decide you want to move, might not be a bad idea because all the phenomena they were experiencing um, from kids crying in the home." Uh, stuff mimicking their voices. They were seeing full-bodied apparitions mm -hmm. of this woman in black, like all black with a black veil with no face. Mm -hmm. Really creepy, really creepy stuff. And, um, you know, we presented the evidence and they were kind of like, you know, thank you for validating some of our stuff. And I said, overall, we didn't have any experiences that night, but we did catch these voices in our recording devices. Um, we didn't catch anything on video. We did catch the voices, though, and uh, the EVPs and stuff. So they were like, okay, you know, if we want you to come back, we'll contact you. I'm figuring, you know, maybe they were disappointed, but, you know, nothing personal happened to us. And uh, I get a call probably two months later that uh, their youngest daughter passed away in the attic. 
um, from, a, oh, from, wow. a sudden, from a sudden heart attack. And um, I was blown away. We, me and Carl were both blown away. I, I called him. I was like, you're not even going to believe it. But uh, you know, the youngest daughter passed away. She was uh, 14 years old. And that's like one of the you know, few cases, the only case that, I, that I've ever been involved in that someone passed away in. And, um, and it, was a, it was a child. Uh, it was, this is something that I'll never, um, I'll never forget that ever in my life. Uh, I don't know many vet investigators that have experienced that, but it ain't nothing that uh, anyone will really want to experience to have a client calling you talking about the 14 year old passed away and, uh, and uh, they're crying on the phone to you and, they, you know, get you upset. You're crying. They're crying. So, I mean, it's, um, it's a pretty, pretty sad thing, you know, to, to experience. And a lot of people say these things can't hurt you, but um, huh. I, I beg to differ. I think they can definitely hurt you without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then they can take, you know, like we are talking about, maybe a little medical problem that they've had and, you know, just escalate it or co even cause something medical. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was diagnosed with a, a um, un, with an undiagnosed heart uh, problem after, you know, they, I think they had, did autopsy on, on her, and uh, she did have an undiagnosed heart condition. But the thing was kind of messing with her the most. Um, and can someone be scared to death? Yeah. Most most definitely. Uh, can it cause a heart condition and a heart attack to happen? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, she would wake up with this face above hers, you know, in her bed and things like that. And there was one occasion where they called me and I could hear her yelling in the background, the lights are going on and off, on and off in the attic and she slept in the attic. So yeah, I was just like, get the hell out of the attic, you know, like don't go back in the attic, but that was her bedroom. So, oh. you know, yeah. Horrible. That's, That's some scary stuff. You know, Ouija yeah. board, you know, it's just a board, but the intent. Yeah. I know firsthand. Um, can bring things that are unnatural. You know, I have people questioning, oh, it's fake, it's fake. Yeah, the board is just a board, yes. But those spirits and entities know what that thing is. Yeah. And they know, once you open that door with that board, we're coming in. Uh -huh. And like you said, when you use it, maybe nothing happens. When another person yeah. uses it as a conduit, all of a sudden, here goes the lights and the voices and the and I've seen it. Oh, I've seen it about 50 times. I try to roll it out in the bucket. Um, it, it It's real. It's a real thing that can cause a phenomenon. You know, my question to you is you're a seasoned paranormal investigator. What percentage of the brain do we use? Yeah. No, what, did you hear my question? Oh, I'm sorry. It kind of broke up. What percentage of the brain do we use? We use like 10% of our brain. 10%, that's correct. That's correct. Is it possible? Is it possible that we are opening up that extra 20, 30% of our brain to acknowledge another realm that we don't even know that it's us? bringing in our senses and our sensory of what's going on around us. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we all had that uh, that in, intuitive uh, thing in our brain that, you know, we connect to these, these paranormal things. Uh, kind of like when you go into a place that's haunted and, you know, everything seems normal. Then all of a sudden, you know, you get the goosebumps and, you know, the hair stand up on your arms. And all of a sudden, you know, the atmosphere changes and you know that there's something there with you. You can't physically see it. But it's changing the atmosphere around you, and you can feel this change that you know, yeah. whether it's mentally or physically, you're you're experiencing both mentally and physically. So, yeah, I definitely think that there's something that happens paranormal wise where you're opening up different parts of your brain that uh, you're able to communicate with these things, and they're able to communicate with you. I agree with that. The more I think about it as an investigator myself, the more I believe that we're using a part of the brain that we're, we don't even understand yet. Um, and look at the people that, you know, telekinesis and um, telepathy. Um, there's just so many different formats that we can use our brain on that we're able to make communication with these things and people with psych abilities um, to communicate with the other side. So I think it's that what well, you said is true that when you investigate it's somehow you can feel their atmosphere in, in a way where it's kind of like they're taking you into their realm yeah yeah definitely yeah there's been times where i've been in places where i felt perfectly fine uh didn't feel weird it felt like a normal house but then you know it doesn't feel normal anymore and then that's when you start hearing the disembodied voices you start hearing noises you start you know, at temperature changes and things like that. And that's the presence of this paranormal phenomena that it's really on a level that we don't can't comprehend yet. You know, I mean, we know it's there, but, you know, it's on a level that we really don't understand. Um, in 50 years of paranormal investigations, you know, throughout 50 years, there's still not an answer to any anything. You know, we know it exists, but we, you know, there's no way to really physically test the phenomena because it's so unpredictable you know you never know when it's going to happen how it's going to happen where it's going to happen it just happens you know and you're just like okay i just heard a disembodied voice what condition happened to make that disembodied voice happen you know what i mean what made that happen okay we're asking questions we're opening up a line of communication between us and whatever this thing is, is it a ghost? Is it a demon? Is it something interdimensional? I don't know. I think it's I think it's a mixture of all different things, like some of the stuff we encounter in these investigations. I think maybe some of them are people that have passed on this uh this life after the physical body's gone, you know, this subconscious mind that lives on. Um, without a doubt, I think it's the subconscious mind does live on. Uh, how I have no idea. Energy, possibly, you know, I really couldn't give anybody a definitive answer to it, but I do know it exists without without a doubt. But there are these other things, these dark things that, what are they? Are they demons? Are they extraterrestrial? And they throw off a different kind of energy, this dark energy that, you know, I've recorded on video. I've recorded it. It's a dark energy, a black energy that creates itself from nothing and, and disappears into nothing. Uh, it's it's really uh, an incredible phenomenon. 
scary too, I might add. Has yeah. there ever been um, a test done, in your knowledge, where an investigator, a paranormal investigator, has had their brain sensories checked at the time of an investigation where they can check the brain waves and see exactly what's happening? Not that I know of. I know Dr. Barry Taff and um, was trying to do something like that at the UCLA lab in uh, in Los Angeles, but um, that lab got closed down many, many years ago. But they were trying to test uh, telekinesis, uh, psychic abilities, all that at the UCLA lab, but the government shut it down. Why the government shut it down? There it is. You know, they were coming on. They were they were coming into something that the government didn't want anyone to really know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think happened with that. And that's why they shut it down because it was governmentally funded. And uh, that was it. You know. Shame. Yep. Very interesting. The topic, you know, um, it's becoming more accepted today that paranormal phenomenon does exist, which it does, and UFOs and aliens are real. Oh, yeah. I mean, welcome to the century here. Um, and we're just trying to get closer, right, as investigators to find out the answer, the missing answers that we've never really received. Like people would say, a skeptic would say, why doesn't the ghost just appear on film in front of everybody? Everyone could see it. Instead of knocking on a wall, what's your answer to that? That's the big question. You know, why can't why can't it, it come up and you know show itself? Why can't it give us a definitive answer of is there something else after you die? I have no idea. They give you little snippets of things that hey, you know, we do exist, and uh, and like some of the EVPs, um, they're on a hertz level way beyond what we can hear with the human hearing range, but we pick them up on the recording devices because they're recording below a hertz level that we can't hear with the naked ear anything below 20 hertz is beyond human hearing range and sometimes a lot of times in evps when you put it on a spectrogram there the evps are coming in below 20 hertz but below what a human can even speak we can't even speak below 20 hertz and we're, we're we can only hear between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz and these things are coming in well below 20 hertz they don't even register on a spectrogram so what the hell is it? You know, I mean, you're talking like on a hearing range that animals and stuff can hear on and not humans. So how, how are we doing it? He just said something, Joel. He said animals and not humans. And he, he harped on something there because there was a study done on cats and how cats have the ability to see the other side of uh, entities coming through. Um, yeah. There's a big study on that where they're bringing cats now to these haunted locations, and the cat looks in certain areas, and they and they have, they get very strange and on the attack mode. I think it's fascinating yeah. that they're doing this. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter is living in an in an old old house. I think 1800s. Uh, she's living in uh, Epic College, and uh, her cat. Is well, we had paranormal things happen when we were moving her in. Uh, they had a couch that was blocking the door. My wife was on the other side, and the me and my daughter were in the room, and the door handle was moving. And we thought my wife was trying to come through, and I'm like, "There's a couch there, you can't come through." 
So my daughter's like, Mom, stop trying to come through the door. And my daughter went around the corner and she was sitting on the far couch and he goes, I'm trying to come through the door. And my daughter come back and she goes, Oh my God, that that door was moving. I said the handle was moving. She goes, Yeah, I said that was the, that handle right there. It was moving. But she said her cat locks one of the things in the room, like stuff that's not there, and she'll just like follow it. And she's like, What are you looking at? And the cat will be following it and start hitting like that. So yeah, animals, uh, they're they're uh Perception to pick these things up is really, really good. Dogs, cats, cats especially. Yeah. 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 I never really knew that. I never thought that before. That I don't. Cats are, I think, more a little bit more than than dogs might be. I mean, all animals are, but it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think these things definitely use sound waves and. Uh, ambient noises you, you, we catch these evps on just us talking back and forth i think they use our reverberal noises to uh somehow harness and communicate and develop sentences and things like that i mean the physical body's gone but somehow these things are able to uh produce sentences and and memories and i mean these these things are you know, these people are remembering their past life they know their names I've had plenty of them say their names. That's telling you. I think it has to do with the person who's asking too. I mean, yeah, you know, they're going to talk to who they want to talk to. I think. Yeah, I think everybody said on a certain vibration. So some people's vibrations are higher than others, and these things are able to uh, distinguish these these people's higher vibrations and they're the ones that they communicate with the most you know it's like I, I go in a lot of places and i get a lot of activity more than most of the people that i'm with yeah. and they're like how are you hearing these things and i'm like i don't know man i just hear them you know what i mean and they're like because oh, i'll be walking and i'll hear a voice or something i'll say did you hear that and they're like no i didn't hear anything and you know i play it back and there it is it's it's recorded you know and they're like I, don't, I can't explain it. I just, I know that people are on this vibration and, you know, I think these things just pick them up. The people with a higher vibration, they pick it up and they communicate with them better. I agree with that. 100%. What do you think about Halloween and, and how, you know, the kids dress up um, in these, in the scary costumes, which we've all done. It's fun, right? Yeah. But do you think that also, that entices the spiritual world in some format it's definitely like a format of of paganism so um you know is it can it produce some kind of phenomena or something it may i don't know i've i've investigated on halloween plenty of times and places and sometimes it was active sometimes it wasn't mm -hmm. just like just like moon phases as well um i did a study on moon phases uh and People always say it's the best activity at a full moon, and true. I, I, I I've investigated on a full moon and different times, and the activity varied between different full moons. So I don't know. I had a chart. I did have a chart plotted on you know the different full moons and the different investigations, and um, the activity varied throughout all the moon phases. So sometimes at a full moon it was active, sometimes it wasn't, and you know I was up able to investigate a house for a couple of years and I kind of plotted out the different moon phases because I was really interested in that. And it was really inconsistent. 
Um, there were times when it was active at a full moon, then there was other times it wasn't. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Sometimes it was, and sometimes it wasn't. And then like, sometimes at a waxing moon, it was, it was, uh, active and then it wasn't you know it was just it was so unpredictable the phenomena it was really weird has anyone on your team ever got a, like a really bad attachment um me and carl i think that's about it like ever since we've done a newcastle case that's uh, we've had some really weird things happen that were actually uh, associated with that case um with them seeing the woman in black, we did another case and that family was seeing the same woman. And, and then we had things happen at our house and he had things happen at his house, Carl's house. So uh, he was seeing the shadowy figure in his house and wow. cabinets, cabinets open up in their own, these weird light shows in his room. Um, just a lot of weird things have happened since we did that case. Like now every time, I don't, every time I don't, it seems like when you come into something negative um, and you're trying to help, it's like something tries to stop you from going back. Um, every time I tried to go back, you know, to this case, something happens yeah. and it gets canceled. They cancel, or, or you know, something just weird happens and we don't go back. Yeah. And it's just really strange. It's like. Like whatever is in there doesn't want us to come back. Uh, it's sent out definitely quite a few warnings too. It's it's kind of weird, really weird. We know Disturbing that quite well. <laughs> we know that quite well. I mean, that's happened here. I can't even tell yeah, it's you weird. how many times um, we've. It's kind of like they know. Yeah, they know they want certain yeah. people away. They don't want them, and maybe because those people can get closer to answers on certain locations and they, and they know how to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I've had two cases like that. It was the Ephrata case in that case. And uh, every time now the Ephrata is more on maybe close to some, maybe a possession or something. Uh, just a lot of weird things has happened in this case. That's where I captured a black mass in the house coming out of the closet. And, and uh, manifesting across the room, showing up. It, I captured that on video for like 15 minutes straight of this thing appearing, disappearing. Um, and it's really intelligent. And uh, the first time I had went there, this sister was really nice to me, really very nice. Um, and I went back again. And this time she had changed and she was real gothy looking and um, her attitude had turned totally changed and it was weird like almost like and she was talking to me really disrespectfully and, and i'm just like i don't understand what's what's really going on here you know i left the cameras in there for a week and we're recording trying to record this thing again because we captured this on our first investigation and i and they had went on vacation and i had the house for a week so i was recording in the house for a week to see if we could capture this thing again which we didn't but when I came back, she was totally changed. Her whole attitude, her whole looks, everything was different. And um, she definitely didn't want me there. And it kind of switches from family member to family member. Uh, it'll affect one family member for a certain period of time. And then it goes to another one. And then it goes to another one. It kind of like 
it shifts around the house to who it's going to isolate and, and do things to, which is really creepy. And when I was in there, uh, I sat in that very closet where the, the, the black thing appears and comes out of. And uh, sure enough, I got poked in the back by something like really hard. And I jumped up out of the, uh, the chair I was like, wow, man, like something really just poked me in the middle of my back really hard. And I kind of verbalized, you know, did you poke me in the back? Asked it a question. And in a recording, you hear a voice say, you would know. And I'm like, wow, wow that's like really, wow. really intelligent. Yeah. And it would say things like biblical that was creepy. Um, at one point, it said, uh, it said, I thirst. And, um, it really creeped me out because I heard it out loud. It was a disembodied voice. And it's like, I thirst. And I was like, Danny, you hear that? And they're like, no. I was like, I just heard a voice. I'm like, like, I thirst or something like that. And it, it was, I said, that's kind of creepy. And they're like, why? I was like, because it's biblical. And they, what do you mean? I was like, well, Jesus said that on the cross before he, before he died. He said, I thirst. And uh, they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, you never read the Bible. He, Better read that's that's in the Bible, and uh, they're like, "Oh wow!" But it's it's really creepy. I just don't know what's in there. It's something not good. I don't think it's good at all. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's a demon. I've never seen a demon, but maybe it's on that level of possibly. You know, um, I don't know many people that you know have seen demonic things in cases you know what i mean I, I, well nowadays everybody sees them and you know it's you go on facebook everybody's you know been in a demonic case you know and i'm just like i've been doing it for 25 years and i've never been in a demonic case ever um i've seen people acting like they were possessed and things like that but you know the the validation part of of them being really possessed there, there was no supernatural phenomena going on to to uh, claim their possession well you know what that's twofold i'm going to tell you why because we're the puppets you see we think we're intelligent beings but we're not and when you're talking about demons and things that have been around for hundreds of thousands of years since the beginning of time well don't you think for one second the way i had to come to realization is that who are we who are we we're nobodies not one human mm -hmm. on this earth has the intelligence to tell the difference between a possession and a non-possession. Why? Because we basically go off biblical signs that we think are true. Do we know the difference between schizophrenia and possession? We don't. No, I no, ask no. that question to many guests around the world. What is the difference between a person having schizophrenia and they say, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And the bullshit yeah. artists who say, well, I have an answer. Well, you're full of shit to begin with because you don't have an answer. Yeah. You don't yeah. know don't because know. you're human and we don't know that knowledge. So, no. you know, two minutes back into the show, when we were talking about how these spirits can stop you from going to a location without you even realizing that you're not going. Yeah. Well, don't you think for one second that if a person's possessed, that the demon knows how to trick the person who's trying to get that devil out of him just like in the movie conjuring 2 when he was uh, he was leaving with his wife good movie by the way and they're on the train i believe and he's playing the recording and then he gets it he's like wait a second the voice is being masked by something else only to go back there and find out it is a demon
So what I'm trying to say is that we think we have the answers, including myself, but we don't. No, we don't. We see these cases and these mass suicides and these mass murderers that are out there and these serial killers. And that all goes back to something is wrong with them. They were seeing doctors. They had mental conditions. But maybe, just maybe, there's underlying conditions of something going on there that is malevolent that we're just not picking up. And that's causing all the mayhem. And look around the world today. The world is in chaos. You know, I bet that if you were out right now in the Middle East doing investigations, I guarantee you, you'd pick up voices that were very, very evil towards mankind, making people destroy each other. Because that's what it ultimately wants, right? The devil's oh, not yeah. here to play, play nice and jump rope, destroy mankind, right? And we see it all around us, but we only pick it up through what we think we know. But we don't pick it up through the realization of, wait a second, it's trying to trick me and all of us and deceive us. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I would definitely think that something demonic is going to attack you psychologically more than anything. Um, yes. I think probably one of the best movies I've ever seen with, the, the you know, going into demonic possession would be nefarious. Um, that movie is really, really good. I thought it's probably one of the best movies ever made dealing with demonic possession because it, it, the demon uh, attacks the psych, psych, the psychologist mentally. It's, 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 it's yeah. playing a total mind game with him, mixing lies with the truth. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a really great movie. I thought it was, put together really well uh, um probably one of the few movies that i've liked dealing with you know what, demons what and things like that because it's it? it's called Nef uh nefarious nefarious we have to see that no that's that's probably one of the best movies you're ever going to see when it comes to demonic possession know. how come i never and, heard of this and it's not like you know the head spinning around and it's, it's a total psychological thing that the devil yeah. is this demon yeah. Yeah, it's producing, and uh, it is a great, great movie. Probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, dealing with the definitely want to check that out. Yeah, definitely hey, check it out. Look at the unfortunate event that happened a few days ago with that guy in Maine killing all those people. Yeah, and then they say yeah. that he was hearing voices in his head, and that he was seeing a psychiatrist. Right. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that again, that's that's horrible. That's disgusting. But I think that as an investigator, myself and the teams around the world, I think we need to get closer to also being part of a psychologist and see what's going on with people, right? What's going on with you? Yeah, I would agree. Um, what's going on behind your door that, you know, why Why do you need help? What are you, what are you hearing? We, and again, we only use 10% of the brain, so we don't know what's happening. Yeah, and we do know that malevolent spirits do roam the earth. We do know this. Oh, that's um, a fact. So then, who are we to say who's possessed and who's not? Who's going to start yeah. killing? And who's not? Who are we to say that? And why yeah. do some people snap so quick? And intelligent people too. Yeah, I mean, intelligent people they they snap so quick against other people and take their lives. Um, there has to be more research into that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, schizophrenia 
and possession might be closely associated. You know, um, a lot of people that, you know, are associated with schizophrenia or have, you know, could be these demonic kind of things. You know what I mean? You don't, you, we don't really don't know, you know, um, that's the thing with psychology. You know what I mean? Like the, the, even the Catholic church has uh, hired psychologists in, uh, professional psychologists to diagnose possessions. And uh, in some cases, these possessions, uh, I, I did see a documentary, uh, a really famous psychiatrist, I forgot his name, but I, I seen it and uh, I watched it and it was interesting because the psychologist who was total non-believer in demonic possession, he was just here to diagnose, you know, whether these people were schizophrenic, psychological issues, and, uh, some of the things that were happening were beyond psychological. They were uh, on a paranormal realm that he couldn't understand. Um, there was a point, there was a woman that was allegedly possessed and he was supposed to meet this woman the next day and at like three o'clock in the morning, his cats, cats uh-huh. went ballistic wow. in his house, just started tearing the house up. And, uh, you know, him and his wife were laying in bed like, what the hell is going on? Like, these cats are, like, destroying the house. So, you know, he didn't really think of anything of it. The next day, he goes and sees this woman that is possessed. And uh, as soon as he walks into the room, the woman says, how would you like the cats last night? Now, how oh, the hell wow. could that woman have known uh, what the cats are doing in his apartment at 3 o'clock in the morning? I got a question. You know? yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you. I got a question on the bottom. So, and I can't, I can't pronounce his name, Kwon Lee. So we're going to blame demons for the killings now. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, no, not, we're not blaming every kid. Look, people are bad by nature, right? But, uh, but when you're listening to the show, listen to this very carefully. If you're an intelligent, um, when John Curley said at the beginning of the show is about this black mass that appeared and disappeared, and he's correct, because I've seen that myself in my own home. That black mass, to my knowledge, what I've dealt with is not good, and it knows how to make you feel a negative vibration of oppression. Therefore, if we're capturing that in just these small fragments of time, during investigations, what do you think is actually happening on things we're not investigating. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And in that very house where the black mass, we recorded that, there is a big oppression in the house and it manifests physically to the family like they all get physically sick, like they get broken down physically and they all become sick. They've been in and out of the hospital. Uh, Their children in and out of the hospital the husband uh, goes into a uh, a drunken rage, and he's never been an alcoholic ever. This guy was the nicest guy you ever want to meet in your life, and now all of a sudden he's he's a raging alcoholic. Wow. Um, these things do affect people psychologically, and it yeah. changes their whole psyche. It changes everything about them, and uh, not a lot of people, you know, know that you know or experienced it. I've seen it, you know. And maybe one case, and in that case, that's it. That maybe I can say that there is possibly something. 
possession-wise going on in that house and demonic influence, maybe, you know, this negative influence uh, that, yeah. you know, yeah. without a doubt in my mind, that's probably one of the few cases that I've experienced that there is a negative presence in the house. And, uh, well, it's not going to go away easy. It's not going to go away. Um, there's no, there's no cure for this stuff. You know, people always say, oh, you know, you throw holy water, yeah. uh, you know, anointment oils, it's going to go away. It's not going to go away like that. These things are way, way more advanced than we really know, you know, and, and I love when I see online and they got these people, they're demonologists and they're this and they're that. Oh, we're going to get rid of it. <laughs> I, I, I doubt it highly. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you're not going to get rid of it. You know, there's no way. We don't understand it. How are you going to get rid of something that you don't understand? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, agree. I, I agree. And uh, we both have a mutual friend, Bill Bean, who has an incredible story himself of how he lived and what, yeah. he, what he went through. Um, you know, some of these things, we just don't know. We don't know. We, and, and that's why you're right. Not everything is a demon. We don't know. Where does that black mask come from? We don't know what's going yeah. on and why it's doing what it's doing and how it oppresses people and the energy around you. Um, you only know when you experience it. But then again, who knows how people are experiencing differently? It's kind of, Joel, what's that movie with, um, that we watch where they, they have to get ready away from the wind? Mark Wahlberg, they have to get ready away from the wind. The happening. The happening, right? Now picture you see a black mass, except, and it's not the wind, it's the black mass coming towards you. Um, there's the similarities, you know, it's a movie, yeah, it's, but this is what we're trying to say, is that we don't know what we're dealing with. We really don't know. And anyone who thinks they have a magic wand, you better recheck it, recharge it, because I haven't seen it work yet. No, me either. I, I I see it online every day, and or you know, I, oh, I, we can get rid of them. I'm like, yeah, I doubt it very highly. I very highly. I've I've been in lots of blessings, and the activity never stopped. It either either decreased a little, little bit in volume, but then it would come back in a lot of intensity, and uh, people would have to move. Or and and if you move, who's to say it's not going to follow you? It could follow you. Without a doubt, we don't we don't understand the phenomena. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm trying to. That's what I try to educate people with paranormal investigating is: Do I have an answer to it? I don't. You know, I come into it to validate your experiences. Uh, can I get rid of it? Absolutely not. I'm I'm not even on the level of understanding what the phenomenon is. I know it exists, yeah. and I record it and I, I capture it on video and audio. But to tell someone that. I, I can get rid of something that I really don't understand and no one really understands it. You know, that's the thing. We don't understand it. And it's unpredictable. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. And then, yeah, you know, we just unpredictable. Totally yeah. Yeah. That's why I have no question. I like him because he, he's honest. And he he's like us, Joe. He tells it the way it is, you know. I, I don't have the answer. I ain't no expert, you know. I just know that. No one knows what the hell they're talking about when they we don't know what we're dealing with. We just don't know. No. 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 I'd say people oh sorry, go ahead, Joel. I say a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, 
say, you know, you had experience a paranormal event and they're like, oh, well, that was just a disembodied voice or, you know, it was just an EVP. That's pretty fascinating um, to hear a voice project out of thin air and you can't one, you can't see it at all. You can't physically touch it at all, but it can touch you. It can communicate with you. And there's no one there that you can't physically see. That's pretty amazing to me in itself. You know, and there's some people, oh, I was just an EVP or something. Dude, that's an amazing event. You just experienced a paranormal event that's unexplainable. You heard a voice manifest from nothing. Like, and it's communicating with you directly. You, you know, you've opened yourself up to a line of communication to what it is. I don't know. Is it a, is it yeah. is it a spirit from someone that passed on? Possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a great unknown. You know, it's the great unknown. It really is. It really is. And like I, like I said, it just ends. We end up with more questions than answers, and we just keep doing what we're doing and keep studying the paranormal. You know what I think? I think that um, I think that paranormal invest seasoned paranormal investigators should work closer with psychiatrists it should be accepted by psychiatrists and yeah. some patients to see exactly what's going on with them Absolutely. yeah yep i've reached out to a couple and you know i never got a response never got a response from them and i've emailed their office and everything never got a response like they don't want to deal with the whole paranormal just like scientists don't want to deal with it they don't want to deal with the paranormal phenomenal level of it. You know, it's like, oh, that doesn't exist. You know, science says it doesn't exist. Yeah, well, science is, 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 is full of it. Science said that UFOs didn't exist. Meanwhile, I've seen on the news every week about a different craft. Fox yeah. News, CNN, ABC, NBC. Now, TikTok Live, you're seeing people yeah. say, hey, what is this? It's not us. Nothing can move that fast that we have in any part of the world. The G-Force alone will destroy no. you. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So there's your science right there. That's why we need more seasoned investigators working closer with science. It should be more accepted. Don't you agree? 100%. It shouldn't be a pseudoscience. It should be part of science. Um, I agree. The phenomena exists. It's real. Thousands and thousands of people experience it every day. Not like it's just one thing that's happening, you know, here or there. Every day someone's experiencing paranormal phenomena in a home a location somewhere and yeah. you know anywhere so it's, it's a real thing uh, and you know i i got into it to disprove it originally but now you know it's like you can't disprove it there's this phenomenon that exists and you know it's not going anywhere it's been here for thousands and thousands of years and it's going to be here long after we're gone. We're going to be a part of it one day. So and we are a part of it. It's a part of nature. You know, people say it's supernatural, and I don't think it's supernatural at all. It's natural. It's a yeah. part of what we are, our existence. Yeah. It's Absolutely. a part of everything we are, you know, everything yeah. we are. We just don't understand it. And that's the problem, you know, is we think we understand it, but we don't. <laughs> I agree. We don't have to, you know. We really well, don't. We're, coming, we're coming to the end of the show. Um, uh, Ron, you have been an amazing guest. You, yeah, you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it and uh, enjoyed it. It was so we much really fun. Where can everybody find you? 
Uh, you can go to our website, uh, www.harrisburgareaparanormal.com. We're on Facebook, the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we're on there. Just Google us and you'll find us. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, hey, John, really, thank you for coming on. Seriously, like you are a lot of knowledge and we're on the same page of how uh, paranormal investigating going forward should be worked yeah. out to help people, help people. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And Julie, wrap it up. Okay, well, special thank you to Carnation for fully sponsoring the show from day one. We love them. Thank you so much. Please join us next week on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. Thank you, John, for joining us tonight. Um, everybody have a great night. And I'm going to see if I can play something at the end before we, for our network, if I can find it. There it is. Thank you so much, John. Have a great night. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much.